Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick. Okay, so I have a PG-17 kind of story for you, so uh, I don't know. Just make sure make sure I'm not playing from Alexa or something. And sorry if I just got your Alexa to start going. Okay, so I'm taking my kids. We're taking our family down to La Crosse for the weekend where I'm from. And Ty, our eight-year-old, had just gotten this like fidget banana thing. Like, okay, so picture a life-size banana and it's yellow uh, because it looks like a banana, but it's rubber on the outside. And then in the inside, it's filled with like sand. Okay. So it's just like this floppy banana. Okay. So we stop for gas and we're going into quick trip to go to the bathroom and get snacks. Now, if you don't live in Wisconsin, this is where I will diverge and say, if you don't know this, quick trip is the greatest gas station in all the world. And most people who live in Wisconsin have a true love for them. A weird, a weird obsession. I think they're called quick stars in Iowa, but quick, like if you have an opportunity to go to a quick trip, over any other gas station, you do it. So we stop, we're getting gas. So I'm waiting for the kids. Ty climbs out of the back seat and decide, she's bringing her banana into Quick Trip and drops it on the gross cement by like where we're filling up our car. And so as she picks it up, like the side that had touched the cement was just black. And now because of the material of this thing already, it collects like dog hair and dust and it's, it's nasty. So I decided like, all right, I'm, I'm going to try and wash that when we're in the bathrooms because I, I don't even know if you can wash that kind of material, but it needs to. Otherwise I'm throwing that thing away. So going to the bathroom, there's three stalls. They're all full. So we're waiting. Somebody comes out. Charlie goes in. Okay, great. Charlie comes out. Ty turns and hands me the banana so she can go in the stall. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to wash this banana. So I'm the only person standing at the stinks. And I start soaping up this banana. Now, (laughs) this is a podcast, so I can't give you a visual. But this is where the PG-17 part comes in that you can imagine to really get all the way soap around the banana what this looks like. 
So I'm sitting at the sink looking like I'm jerking off a pant, a banana. And this old lady leaves one of the bathroom stalls to come wash her hands next to me. I have to decide in that moment whether I say anything or not. We've all been there, right? Like, do I acknowledge to the stranger and try and explain what's happening or do I just let it sit? And I decided to just let it sit. So I rinsed off the banana and at that point Ty had come out. And so then I did try and be like, okay, Ty, I cleaned your banana for you. Here it is. And then I went to go to the bathroom. So it... (laughs) I think I recovered. You know, obviously I was cleaning a banana. I don't know that I gave that woman all the information she needed. Um, And it was probably a little more graphic than she was expecting. But there you go. So we just went out to the car car and I'm like, oh my God, Kirby. I just did something pornographic in the bathroom. (laughs) All right. We are going to give a shout out to one of our Patreon members, Michelle Harbison. Uh, she is at our highest level of Patreon membership, that roadmap to success. And with that, if any of those people are hiring a an associate, they get a shout out on the podcast. So Michelle Harbison's clinic is in Roswell, Georgia. It's called 100% Chiropractic East Cobb. Um, and she they do Diversified, Full Spine, Thompson, and Arthur Stim, Activator, and Impulse. And you have a short day on Fridays. You have a short day on Tuesdays. You got three full days, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then two half days. Salary is sixty to 70000 base with bonus structure based on office collections. And to, if you are interested and want more information about this awesome opportunity in Roswell, Georgia, email Dr. Harbison. It's D-R-H-A-R-B-E-S-O-N at 100, the numbers, so 100 percent spelled out, doc.com. All right. Now on to our guests. So today we have two guests on. I have Dr. Brooke and Lynn. And so they met over 20 years ago in college through Lynn's husband, Dr. Mark. And after graduation, they made a point of getting together with their families once a year at the end of summer to celebrate each other, football, life, you know, like we try and do when we graduate and we start having kids. Um, And they have grown and evolved their friendship over the years while simultaneously growing and evolving their businesses, families, and lives. In recent years, they've spent more time traveling together, sometimes with the whole family, sometimes with husbands only, and sometimes just them girls. So they've done half marathons, toured Italy, done multiple hiking adventures, including climbing a 14,000-foot mountain, Colorado. They've shared all seasons of life with each other, including births, losses of loved ones, career changes, growth, health improvement, and health losses. And they've laughed together, learned together, cried together, and grown together. And they are passionate about being proactive with all aspects of health and showing up as their best, most engaged self every day. All right. Well, that's a cute bio, but it really doesn't tell you what we're going to talk about today at all. <laughs> so they're both very enjoyable and they have, their friendship goes back a while. Um, but the reason that they're coming on together is because they have started a business called Life After Kids. I don't know if it's business so much as it is a program. So if you check out their website, lifeafterkids.com, you can see they have a podcast and they have the Life After Kids program. They've got free freebies over there, but they're really here to help women when they get to that kind of kids are graduating and stage of 
parenting, although parenting doesn't really ever end, but you know, you're looking at that, um, what's it called? Empty nest and helping women refine their lives and their passions. Uh, I also, we also talk about some beauty stuff. I get, I get all my nosy questions in there. You know, I do, you know, I do. So we're going to pray and then we'll get going. This is a really fun episode. You're going to like it. Dear God, thank you so much for our kids um, and the blessing that they are and help women who are at this stage um, and men. I don't think men get enough, nearly enough credit for pouring their entire lives into parenting. Um, This is such a unique stage where we identify so much as being a parent and we can feel so lost. I feel like whether you're a parent or not, um, I feel the message that you've put on my heart in this last year has a lot to do with not identifying as a chiropractor. And I think that goes along with this really hard thing to say out loud of like identifying as a parent. Like I am learning to hold on to those roles that are in my life and guard them as if they're the most important job I've ever been given. But to realize that my identity is not wrapped up in these earthly things and that I am no less of my life experience here, whether I chose to have kids or not. And I am not not fulfilling my mission in life if I chose to not be a chiropractor or not, or not get married or or whatever other identities, you know, we put on ourselves. And so I find that this message really speaks close uh, to my mission of not being less of a chiropractor, not being less of a parent, not being less of a spouse, uh, but learning what who I am and allowing the true version of me to come out, the true passions of me um, to come out and just to continue being a more fulfilled person with a deep person, a deep purpose on this life that serves you. In your name we pray. Okay, here is my conversation with Dr. Lynn and Brooke. Enjoy. So you guys, do you guys do podcasts like often? I mean, we have been as of late um, and we just started our own. So we okay, have been doing I saw like that. a blog format, but we've switched it to a podcast. Okay. When did you start your podcast? Well, so we have 13 episodes recorded and I'm getting ready. I'm just getting everything up on the site now. So that's going to like the first one will launch the first Sunday of May. Oh, okay. So yeah. By the time people are listening to this, your podcast will be going. Okay, you're so smart. So you have 13 episodes in the can already. Yeah. (laughs) But okay. And will you do weekly? Yes, that's the plan. So we've been doing a vlog that drops every Sunday where it's the two of us talking and it's on the website and YouTube, but it doesn't get a lot of visibility. So I'm like, we need, we both decided like, let's switch this to like a podcast format because we think that it'll get more visibility that way. And we're already, we're already doing it. We have like 68 episodes that we've done. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So you've been doing in, you've been doing this for over a year then. While talking yeah. to each other, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, we way back on but, that. But yeah. We, we launched last January. January yeah. How did, why did you decide on the vlog versus, or like YouTube versus the podcast? We, That's a good uh, question. 
Yeah, we we had done a course when we decided we wanted to do like an online business. We'd done a course with Amy Porterfield about like list building. And um, she was basically like, pick one. Don't do them all Mm because you'll get, it'll be too much. So pick either blog, vlog, podcast. And I just felt like, to me, as we talked, like podcasts felt overwhelming. We didn't know like the tech side of it. We're like, we can easily sit down and just talk and do some recordings and put them in an email. And that's why, that's really why we went with a vlog hindsight yeah. it, i don't think it's going to take much more to do a podcast especially with it us talking like <laughs> i really don't i don't know i just show well, lucky up lucky you <laughs> I know. you just got to find someone to sleep with that'll put your podcast up that's this is my experience in life is just sure sleeping next to the right person yeah so yeah, i think i've already I gone think through the i've already gone sorry. through the freak out of like constantly needing content then you've already like had that realization because that was me like yeah a month in of like, oh, damn, you need another episode already, but it just, another one is just there. Well, and I think that's what stopped us from doing the podcast at first, because we were like, oh, it has to be an interview. And really, like, we've been friends, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, for 20 plus years. And this was just real, can we curse? Real shit, real stuff that we were talking about in our conversations with each other. And we just, we had just known that like other women, our friends, people we're talking to, like we're going through some of these same issues. And so we just wanted to sit and have a real conversation. And for the Mm -hmm. first year, I mean, we still don't script these things. We just really, we prep them a little bit more. Um, and we do a little bit research, the deeper we go, but yeah, I mean, that's why we just wanted to be together and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like me and my friend who we think we're hilarious. We're like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are so good at solving problems. You know, my, other, my friend owns a salon and like there, we have so many opinions. I don't know why people don't ask us for more. <laughs> like, that. like, we should record this. Uh, that's exactly what <laughs> yeah. That's where it started. Okay. So you guys have been friends since chiropractic school? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Brooke was actually in my husband's class. I was okay. like three tries ahead. Where'd you go to school? These guys both went to Palmer. Palmer oh, okay. or oh, Iowa. Palmer. Yeah. Not Palmer, yeah. Iowa. Okay. Palmer. Yeah. Okay. And so then you just, did you, okay. So Brooke, you're married to a chiropractor? No, no. I Lynn. am not. Lynn is married. I am married to a chiropractor. Okay. I'm like, I'm going to yeah. do that. Uh, <laughs> so then you both, did you both start practices right away or did you like, what was the journey with you? And yeah. yeah, I got out of school and moved, I was engaged to my husband who was living in DC. So moved there and started working with another doctor at that time. And then the course of my career was kind of like bouncing around with my husband because he's, um, he's a CFO, he's in software. And so it was like, we moved several times after they'd sell a company and go on. And so I kind of just keeping my hands in it as I was raising the kids with a husband who was traveling a lot for work. Um, like we went, we were at home. My dad's a chiropractor. So I worked with him for a couple of years. We moved back home. Then we moved up to new England where I am now. And so when the kids were little, I like, um, did like some independent contracting. And then I shifted once they were old enough to my own practice and then started this here with Lynn about a year and a half ago. Now I have like a small home practice where I still see patients part-time, very part-time. Yeah, I've talked to um, lots of Kairos who are married to like military spouses. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of that, That's like, tough. it's so interesting because mm-hmm. I'm the 
breadwinner of, you know, so my husband had um, marketing and finance corporate degrees and like the practice got big enough that it was like, okay, we're putting all our eggs in this basket. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's so interesting to me with, because so like a lot and Lynn, I promise I want to know what you're saying, but like, it's, I carry so much like ego, like a lot of chiropractors do of like, I'm a doctor, like, and so it's so interesting talking to people who their careers were second to their husbands. Ah, and it's yeah. like, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, how did you like handle that? And like, was that, was that tough? For me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was definitely tough because I like this list. My dad was a chiropractor. So I, my grandfather what had seven kids, he sent five of them to chiropractic school. Yeah, then, but it was like $3,000 back then. But yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was. But but my point is lots of family members, cousins, my brother's a chiropractor. So like, I was like adjusting my baby dolls. Like I always yeah, wanted to be a chiropractor, it was just ingrained. And so then, you know, getting out of school, knowing that's what I was going to do, having kids, and then being in a situation, well, wait a minute, we want, somebody needs to be with the kids and Ken's, mm-hmm. Ken, it was six years ahead of me, you know, he's six years older. So he already had a flourishing career. Um, But I remember talking to my dad because I really struggled with that. And he was like, Brooke, even if you did nothing else besides take great care of your children and your husband, it would be a win and it would be worth all the education you got. And I was like, you know what? He's right. I mean, I still know I, I want to do more. I just love it. And I, I, I have the brain that like needs to be busy with something or I go to bad places. Um, but it was for a time that was where, where it was that I was raising my kids with the lifestyle. They were getting adjusted regularly. So was my husband and, you know, but I, I did for the most part, I was in it at least two days a week you know so dad was able to give you such good advice because I feel like a lot of the best yeah he's the best so then Lynn what is your story yes so I um well I I one of those stories where it was like you know when you're in school and you meet people and they have like these amazing miracle like adjusting stories like their lives were changed their asthma was healed their ex you know I was the complete opposite. I showed up at Palmer. Uh, I'm from Canada originally. And I got my first adjustment in student clinic. Oh my God. I never understood <laughs> you people. Okay. So I used I went to Northwestern and they were like, okay, we're going to get this out of the way. Raise your hand if you've never been adjusted. And out of like 110 people, there were like 11. And yeah. I was just like, I used to be so ashamed of that. Like when I was in school, I'm like, Oh, I don't have that story. And now I like turned it around because here's the deal. I met, there was like a, a, a large contingent of students from my hometown that went to Palmer one year and they were all home at like Christmas or something. And I was talking with one of them. We were out at a bar or something. And I was like, you know, what are you doing? And I was right between my undergrad and like, what was I going to do next? And he told me about it. And I was like, huh, that's really cool. I've never heard about it. So I got the packet from Palmer and I distinctly remember this, like, you know, the little uh, recruiting thing and you open it up. I even remember the paragraph at where it was on the page. And it was like, your body is designed to heal. Your body has everything that it needs. Your innate intelligence is the intelligence that flows through your body, through your nervous system, or, you know, whatever the wording was. And I was like, that sounds amazing. I want to go do that. And I just showed up and I, 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 I didn't know enough to know that like, 
you need, I could get adjusted <laughs> before. And so then I, I landed there. Um, I was, like I said, three tries ahead of Brooke and I met my husband. We were at Palmer, like Cairo games, never played soccer in my life. <laughs> I just showed up to play soccer this season, met some great girls and met my husband. Um, and then, yeah, Brooke, um, Brooke was in his class. And so I graduated ahead of him. I was an associate in a small town in Illinois for like how long, Brooke? I don't know. Was that like a year? I don't even think it was. Maybe it was a year, not even. And I was just like doing anything I could to come back on the weekends and hang out with these guys back at school. And then Mark and I, when he graduated, we we were associate doctors for a doctor in um, South Dakota. And then we like did that for a couple of years and then we're like, yeah, we're ready. Um, And we've had our practice for 18 years. We've got four associate doctors. We've done multiple clinics, but then we just kind of in the last probably 10 years, we have one associate that's been with us for 13. So we just kind of went to like a larger scale family wellness clinic under one roof instead of having like multiple. That's just where we shine. And then most recently, our son, who is 30, and has his own family. I know. And he's right. been graduated for a few years, but he's been with us in our practice too. So, oh my gosh, so full circle. It's kind of like the world. dream that, like, yeah, yeah, he goes to their practice school. Yeah. Okay. So, he's how old are each of your kids now? Because that's a big part of your story. Yeah. Well, mine are 30, and then I have a 16 year old girl. Okay. Yeah. And then, Brooke, what about you? I have three boys. I have 19, uh, 17, and turning 14. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to kind of skip over a lot of the like intro stuff, because what I find really interesting about you two is a conversation that I don't get to have with a ton of Kairos, but is something, it's a phase of life that I am just on the cusp of. Mm. And it's interesting. So I have two daughters, um, eight and 11. Mm -hmm. And they're just starting to get easy-ish. Like we're about to go into like, you know, high school, the whole sort of other not kind of easy, but like we are 10 years. So 10 years from now, my husband and I will be empty nesters. Mm -hmm. And we've obviously been talking about it a lot more because like in the beginning, you just, you're just surviving. So like my story (laughs) is, I, we got married in September I graduated in October. We started a practice in December and oh, I was wow. pregnant within oh my seven gosh. months of starting a practice. Wow. And so it was just like, we were just hustling. We just hustled our asses off. As you guys know, there's kind of not much of a way around that in you know, startup. And then you kind of get to this point in practice where you're like, okay, can I like stop racing? And like the kids are like, oh, you know, like, Oh, things are, things are fat, happening fast, but like mm. not as difficult as they used to be. Mm. And so you can start going like, oh, wow, this is going to end. This is going <laughs> to end at some point. Like these, yeah. these kids are going to move away. And so it's just weird because like I said, we've for the last couple of years been like, what are we going to do? Yeah. Like what we're going to be 48 and he'll be 49, almost 50, but like what that's young like what the hell are we gonna do yeah so how did you guys talk to me about what you started why you started it what the goal is like because I'm fascinated go ahead Brooke 
So that's that you basically what you're saying is right where we are, right? So I'm 47. And and granted, I still have uh, one that's going to be entering high school in the next year. So we still will have him around. But we're really at this phase where they're pretty much self-sufficient. Two of them are on their way out the door. Yeah, I mean, right, they're doing their thing. So um, and I mean, I'm being really proactive about like, it's only a couple years away, and we will be empty nesters, right? And this is one of the reasons why Lynn and I wanted we've been talking for a couple years about wanting to do something together, and something that would allow us to really have a lifestyle of flexibility to still be really productive and on purpose and doing something meaningful, but also have a lifestyle of being able to travel and being able to pick up and go visit our kids or down the road, grant whatever that looks like. And so that's kind of how Life After Kids was really born. And then it's kind of funny that the reason why we wanted to start Life After Kids is exactly what the business is addressing, <laughs> right? Because we're, we've started this online community that's addressing like women at this age and what's next. The kids are going up. They're moving out of the house. Uh, you know, I, I, with my partner, what, like, what's, what's next for us? What is the next phase of life? Because to your point, uh, Lauren, like we are all, we were all just, you know, even if you weren't in a full-time career, when the kids are little, it's a shit show. I mean, mm-hmm. right. They were just, you're just surviving. You're in most days, like just getting through the day. At least that's how I was. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like, we're starting to catch our breath and we've got this next like gift, I think, right. Where we're still young enough to really have fun. And what's that going to look like? So that's, that's where we are. And that's why we started life after kids. Yeah. Um, I think there was, we, I think my husband and I were in therapy a couple of years ago and like, I don't know what the therapist said, but it was like this realization that, so we got married and it was like, I choose you. I love you. And then you go into survival mode with parenting and becoming a parent kind of got pushed to the forefront Mm. Um, and it was this realization of like, oh, they're going to leave and go have their, I mean, hopefully if I do everything right, um, (laughs) they're going to go get their jobs and find their own relationships. And it's going to be you and me. And Mm -hmm. so it's really trying to like refine ourselves as individuals Mm -hmm. and spouses of like, oh yeah, I'm not a mother first. I am, you know, I like my relationship with God. I would love to say it's number one, but you know, it should supposed to be. Um, but then it's like, no, then it's my relationship with my spouse. And we like, First. so yep. as you work with women, what are some of the like biggest issues that you see them yeah. overcoming in refinding themselves? Yeah. I mean, it's been some, some things have been su- surprising and then other things are like obvious and things that we've gone through. And, um, one of the biggest things is that relationship because this really is a sweet spot. Like, so with the kids, like where we are right before the empty nest, right. Mm -hmm. It is the best time to be proactive and start to rethink about yourself because if you wait till they're gone, then there's just going to be just this empty, you know, this void, we've got to start to prepare for that is basically what we're speaking to our audience about. So it's the relationship it's friendships, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're like mom number one and you put yourself on the back burner, you're not investing that time into your female relationships like maybe you should or could be. And then layer that in with the fact that all, most of our friends are moms and they're doing the same thing. So it's, it's, it's difficult to find connections there. 
So that's been a hot topic. Just menopause, navigating menopause naturally, you know, allowing your body space to kind of get through that place where your hormones are shifting, your ovaries are Mm -hmm. shutting down somewhat and your body's having to pick up the slack through stress and, and everything that, you know, um, natural our modern lives bring. Um, those are some of the biggest ones. Brooke, what would you add? Yeah, I think that, and then just overall, um, our health in general and stress management, I think it's really easy when we're younger to, and taking care of kids and doing the business stuff and whatever it is, as you said, to put not only relationships on the back burner, but also just ourselves, the time we give to ourselves, the time we give to our health, the time we give to stress management. And what I, what I see happening is if you don't make time and we talk about this as chiropractors all the time to be proactive with your health, right? But if you don't make time overall to be proactive in all of these areas, while your kids are younger, what I, what we see happening is that now all of a sudden you have this like double whammy of the kids are growing up and starting to move on. And you're having almost this identity crisis of like, mm. oh my gosh, my kids are leaving. But then on top of that, you haven't given yourself and your health enough work. And so now you're also, your hormones are shifting mm-hmm. and you're not as healthy as you could have been. You weren't proactive with the hormone stuff to start with and your overall health. And it's like just a, sh- a whole shit show. Because a lot of, and a lot of these things are fires that you could have at least mitigated or dampened had you had some focus on it early on. So let's start with friendships because that one is, first of all, I should say, nobody told me, like I would have guessed, I would have bet so much money that my twenties were going to be more difficult. Thirties are hard. Are you both in your forties? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Almost 50. I'll be 49. I'll be 50 next year. Holy I'll be 49 this year. Shit yeah. balls. Your thirties <laughs> are hard. Like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't yeah. make sense on paper. My twenties should have been just because I graduated <laughs> at 24. And then like, you know, that's when I was like pregnant and having babies, but somehow the amount of anxiety and like mental health like an aging, like I feel like aging just started like, bam, at like 31, it started. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. <laughs> not complaining. But like from 31 to 33, I was like, oh, things are getting different. Mm. And like, just the way that my body, I don't know. And then you get to like mid thirties and you're like, I really feel like I should have this figured out by now, but I still feel like I'm 27 and like a shit show. And like, <laughs> So then you just get this frustration of like, oh my God, like this is, this is really hard. So I'm looking to forties getting better than thirties. Tell me. I I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but I think for me, there is some hope because I think for me, the, the, my forties have been better. And I think it goes back to something that you said earlier, which was when your kids are little, you're just in survival mode. And then our business was just, we were getting it up and going and you're just hustling. Right. And so then everything sort of levels out and it's all good, but where you get to later in your forties, which is where we're at. And what another big key point that we speak to our women is it's kind of like, all right, so where's the next challenge. So we've done that. Our kids are now not needing it as as much. Our identities are shifting because we were full-time, you know, working and being a mommy and we're not doing that as much. So what is next for us? We have a lot of life to live. What are we going to do with this? How are we going to play full out? How are we going to, you know, is this all there is, is some of the questions that you start to answer, right? Or ask, like, 
what it really does feel a, and you know we've through this work like Brooke said it's like we're really almost creating this journey for ourselves because these are the same questions that we asked and um because it does feel a little bit of like uh, a very much an unknown like what what happens after the kids leave you know mm. so yeah. for friendships um how do you here's a like, so, so many like have just let friendships kind of drop because yeah. it was not a priority. Um, and it can really feel like when I talk to people, they're like, I don't know where to like find friends. Like, what is your advice <laughs> for finding friends? And like, what does a good friend look like in a stage where you are really busy? Because I struggle with this where I feel like I still have like high school, high school expectations of like mm, yes. my best friends. If you're my best friend, like <laughs> he hasn't messaged me in like three weeks. Is she mad at me? And so like, I feel like I'm at the stage where I'm having to like mature in like, nah, that's okay. That's a friendship. So like, how do you, how do you advise people in finding friends and what does being a good friend look like? And that is, we love, uh, we love this topic. Yeah. It, that, and that's a loaded question and it's hard. It's, it, I think it looks different for everyone, but I think the first thing that I always, we start with is like, you have to recognize first, you have to have leverage around friendships, meaning you have to know the why, why is it so important? Otherwise you won't put the time into it. Mm -hmm. And there is so much research out right now talking about and showing that connection and friendship is the single most important thing you can do for your health physically and emotionally. And there's research out of um, Harvard. I think it's Robert Waldinger. Mm -hmm. Did I, I'm getting that name right. Yes. Um, he's yep. just coming out with a book about it. So that's step one is just knowing how important it is to your overall health, right? Once you know that, then I think at least for me, that puts even more of me wanting to focus on. It's not just something to have for fun. This is important to You're the way we age. Prioritizing like, Hey, let's get together for coffee. Yes. yes. Because I think so and many people connection. are like, I'm so busy. I love you. You know, I love you, but like, right. it's just easier not well, to. And that's yes. just it. And, but we'll, we schedule time to work out. We schedule time to, you know, go do all the other things that we need to do for our health. This needs to be something that gets scheduled, mm -hmm. right? Because otherwise, if it isn't on that high priority in that high priority place, it's your life is going to happen. And those meetings, those connections won't, it just won't happen. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's the thing. It's I, I I would want everyone to view friendship and connection as important as moving your body every day or exercising. So if you make time for that in the course of your week, you need to make time for connection and friendship. And and to your point, it's not it's that's not always easy because it's easy for the day to go by and be like, it was a blur. I don't even know just what just happened. So, you know, some of the practical things that we talk about is like schedule it, put it in your planner if you need to. Like, I'm gonna text whoever today or three people I'm going to text this week or set a timer. This sounds ridiculous, but it really is useful. So you can set a timer on your phone that goes off the same time every day. And it will even have a little label text a friend. And when that goes off, just shoot a text. Like it takes a second literally to say, Hey, how's your day going? I was thinking about you, you know, like it's not a lot. It's just that we have to be intentional about doing it. Right. So I think that that is the first step is being intentional and also then taking the first step. Yeah. And I feel like with new friends, if you're like, okay, so it's nice, you know, that's if to like rekindle or like keep a slow burn going. Um, <laughs> I feel like sometimes you like will meet someone, you'll be like, they seem amazing. I want to be her friend. 
but she has all the friends she needs right now. Like, I feel like there's a friend mm. quota. And so like, sometimes I'm like walking around being like, do you need a friend? No. Oh, you're good. Okay. okay, okay. <laughs> do you need a friend? I got your friend. Do you want to be? But I also feel it because like people are very familiar with me on podcasts. Like I share so much of my life with them where they're like, I feel like we're friends. And I'm like, I don't have time for another friendship. (laughs) (laughs) A shitty job of the friends I do have. I'd like to take a moment to thank one of our primary sponsors of the podcast, Insight CLA. The Insight tech moves the message off the spine and into the nervous system where the magic of the adjustments can be measured and tracked. Everyone from newborns to seniors are being scanned in my practice and in thousands of other practices like ours so they can be examined and inspired to choose chiropractic care. It's like an instant referral machine because the scans are so visible and informative. Like what patient wouldn't want to know how their nervous system is performing? The staff at CLA are ready to take care of you and answer any questions you may have. They also have an incredible online academy that can help train everyone in the office and help them to feel confident on how to get perfect scans and how to interpret the results. We have been using the Insight technology in our clinics for over seven years now, and it is a complete game changer for conversion, retention, and patient education. Click the link below in the show notes as She Slays listeners get preferred pricing and hundreds of dollars off their purchase. Hi, friends. I wanted to take a quick break from the episode to make sure you all know about the cool stuff we have happening over on Patreon. This is a platform where I can offer you extra content, behind the scenes interviews, quick trainings, and exclusive trainings answering your exact question live, back to back with me. It's a way for me to more directly interact with you and post some fun things that would never be in the normal weekly episodes. To check out what we're doing and to sign up, click the link in the show notes. Hey, She Slayers. I just wanted to take a moment to ask you, have you heard of PX? I don't know. Have I mentioned them before? <laughs> so they're practically everywhere these days and I am so excited to have them as a sponsor on our show because they are on a mission that I can seriously get behind. So Dr. Tony and his team have designed a pediatric, prenatal, and family chiropractic training program that has online and live event training opportunities to learn step-by-step the science, clinical protocols, and business systems behind building a thriving pediatric and family chiropractic practice. Now, here's what's extra cool. It doesn't matter if you're a student, startup, or practicing chiropractor. I mean, I am a member and I've been in practice for over 12 years now. Each and every bit of their training is applicable to you and where you're at. I've been a part of PX for a while now, and I can say that there's no one better in the space to lead you and to lead this profession than Dr. Tony and his team. If you want to take your practice to the next level in serving more kiddos and families in your community, then you must check out PX. I will drop a link in the show notes so you can head over to thepediatricexperience.com and let them know She Slays the Podcast sent you there for a special little bonus. Hey, She Slayers, I've partnered with Well Aligned and Above Down Apparel to give all of my listeners something really special. So listen up, don't skip. A free premium t-shirt. 
Okay. You get a free t-shirt. So just head over to wellaligned.com forward slash she slays to claim your listener offer. That's all you got to do. Above Down has the coolest and most comfy chiropractic tees that showcase your personality. My favorite is the Mabel. I love it. Um, They're super soft and a great conversation starter if you do see conversation with, you know, your patients. We call it table talk. What more can you ask for? So I've also been using well-aligned materials for years to educate my patients. They have high-quality ROF folders, patient handouts, office forms, posters, and a ton more. So why recreate the wheel when there is a perfectly designed communication tool ready for you to help educate and inform? Head over to wellaligned.com forward slash she slays to claim your free t-shirt. And I'll drop a link in the show notes so you can check it out. Okay. So then I love that. So you had mentioned also about like prep, like being proactive in the years before. So Mm -hmm. what does that mean? Yeah. I mean, we, we think that honestly it comes down to four pillars. You've got to be proactive with your purpose. You need to know, is it changing? Because a person can have multiple purposes in their life. And obviously for us, right, one of our purposes has been to be a chiropractor, be a mom. Uh, For many of us, it's to be a a partner or wife. Um, But I think that at this stage, we're also getting to this place where we need to start thinking about contribution and legacy. Like what you now, hopefully, many of us are in a place where financially we're a little bit more stable and we have more time to, to give back. And I think that's really just um, a stage, at least in my life, where you know it's not about the things anymore. It's not about the accomplishments. It's not about the accolades. Now it's about how can I impact more people? And mm-hmm. so I think it starts with purpose. I think we've also um, looked at being proactive with emotional health with resilience with not necessarily about like, cause there's a lot of stuff that's changing uh, in a very short period of time. Like Brooke can tell you, she's got, you know, one son graduating this year and then next year she'll have another senior. Like there's a lot of emotional highs and lows in this, mm-hmm. in this space. Um, but it's not necessarily about, you know, we can't have any control over what's coming at us and the stress that's coming at us, but we can have control over our emotional resilience and how strong we are to weather that, um, our mindset, our character. Um, it's also about our physical health. So gosh, like, you know, Brooke talked about, you've got to have the energy and the hormonal balance to be able to go out into the world and be emotionally resilient and chase your purpose. Yeah. So it's, it's, Did for you sure mentioned four? I, I counted. Three. Yeah. And you know what? The other, one, <laughs> the, other one? the other one is just beauty. You know, it's joy. Yes. It's about, okay, I want to talk about it's that. just about, yeah, it's finding beauty inner and outer. We talk, it's like we're aging, we're, we're changing, stuff. we're chiropractors. We don't want to necessarily do all this stuff. Like, what does that mean? What does this look like to be aging in this, in this time in, in the world? And um, yeah. Um, and also just seeing beauty in the world, um, so that life is more meaningful. Okay. So let's start with something that won't make me sound quite as vain. We'll start with purpose, but then we're going to get around to like, skincare. <laughs> but we'll start with purpose. So how do you help someone who had a purpose for the last 15 years? It was a chiropractor mom 
you know, and now they're not sure that that purpose fits anymore, but they have no idea where to start. Mm. Like how, like, it's nice when you have like a seedling of like, I think that this is, this is where I'm being called. But like, what about people who are like, no idea, no idea. Yep. Raising children was my It's birthday. really, it's really normal, by the way. So if that's you and you're listening, it's super normal. You want me to take that or yeah, do you want to take jump it? In. Go right ahead. I, um, yeah. So I think first thing is, a very good place to start if you have absolutely no idea like what's going to make you happy or what's going to light you up. Because I feel like in this phase, it's more about like, what can I do that's going to be meaningful to me and that I'm going to enjoy doing and that's going to bring me joy, not just like I've got to, you know, hopefully we're in a place where we don't just have to make ends meet, right? That we can right. get beyond that and do what's next. So if we're looking at it from that perspective, a good rule of thumb is to look back at what really lit you up when you were growing up. What was it that you loved to do that you would just do without even thinking about it, like you could do it and get lost in it for not even realize a couple of hours had gone by. So that would be step one. Um, step two, I think is just sometimes you just have to do right. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to. So this is what I, I got like paralyzed and like, what am I supposed to do? Who am I? Like, what, what do I do best? What are like, and just this hamster wheel of like not knowing and then not doing anything. It's okay to give yourself grace to not really know and just try something. Because sometimes at the end of the day, I think you really don't know until you try. And guess what? You might try something and get started at it and not like it or not be good at it. And that's okay. It doesn't mean it's a fail. I would say, look at it as a learning experience and move on to the next thing. Sometimes that's just the way it's got to play out. I, so you're, I mean, so what, how I'm hearing it, because I was thinking like purpose and like, but then I'm hearing you kind of being like, just play with some hobbies and seeing it could so be. You think that's kind of the first step to refinding yourself is like finding some hobbies that bring you joy. It could be hobby. It could be a, it could be a different career path. It could be like similar to what we're doing an online business. It could be uh, a contribution. It could be volunteering in some way, you know, there are so many different ways that you could take that, but yeah, one of that could be hobby. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think you have to give yourself permission to dream at this stage and then also not put labels around it, right? So like for purpose, and we throw that word around in you know chiropractic quite a bit and because most of us have found a really strong purpose. But depending on where you are, you can I'm always going to be a chiropractor, but I have not, you know, face to face, I've not adjusted patients for many years in our practice. It was a choice that I made. My husband's still in active practice a couple of days a week. He does some consulting, he does other things. So you can have more than one purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's just important, I think, to tag on to what Brooke said. You have to know yourself. So it starts with that, like getting really, really clear, not just on what your core values are, because most of us know that at this stage, but like, what are all of your hidden gifts and talents that you maybe, even with everything we know in chiropractic, you maybe don't know those things. Mm. And then not putting labels around it because, you know, we, we serve a community of not primarily, they're not chiropractors, they're regular, they're more like our patient base, you know, we have a a large community of women that follow us on Instagram, and, um, and, you know, all the places on social. And most of them, like, there's a wide variety, and some of them may never have worked outside the home. Right. So now they're like, what do we do? But for them, perhaps they didn't work outside the home, but they were really successful in planning fundraisers or something for the Mm -hmm. school. Like, how can you take that 
And, or if you did love, love being a mom, you know, you know, those moms that are just like, I would have to have 12 babies mm -hmm. if my husband would let me, right? Because they were just so good at it. Well, then go be, um, go to a hospital and volunteer to rock babies in the neonatal unit. Like find a way to keep doing something that you love in a new capacity and don't yeah. limit yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like chiropractors have the easy out. That's how I'm going to say it. Chiropractors have an easy <laughs> out with their purpose that I don't think they, I think they just grabbed mm. as like, oh, I picked a profession that changes lives. Yeah. Easy. Mm -hmm. That's my purpose. But then I feel like as I talk to more chiros who have been in practice like 10 plus years, they start to kind of either A, B, dare I say, bored with that. Um, or they're like a little more like me, like I love adjusting, but I, if I actually answered the question, like, do you think God needed you to be a chiropractor in order to fulfill your purpose? I would go hands down. No, hands down. No. When I think about what my purpose could be or is not that I've really figured it out yet. I think that I, I chose chiropractic and it is a great tool, but I think there's lots of different professions I could have been that could have still accomplished my life's purpose. And so mm -hmm. I think chiropractors get really hung up on this identity thing that like what changing lives isn't good enough for you. Like, you know, and it's like, <laughs> no, it is. It's just that like, I might have more or like something <laughs> deeper that chiropractic can be a piece of, but you know, like it might be more. <laughs> so when it comes to then the self-care routine, okay. So like purpose, great. Starting to get out there. We're texting friends. We're like volunteering. What does your physical, like, have you, you both seem like you've always been active. So you didn't have to like refine activity. I'm assuming. I don't know. That's a terrible. I was not an active child necessarily. I wasn't involved in sports. Like I wish that I had been, I was more involved in like arts and music. And so, um, I came really late to that game. And so I really feel like I relate to women who don't exercise regularly because mm -hmm. I did not think of myself in that way until I was probably like, honestly, like late twenties, like I dabbled in exercise in my twenties, <laughs> if you call it that. But then I, I like used it, my leverage, my why became bigger, just like all of the aspects of like wanting to walk the walk and, you know, um, walk the talk basically for our patients. That's really how it started. It's like, I was so in love with wellness and health, health and proactive proactivity that I was like, okay, I've got to I've got to conquer this. And so it really is just like any habit. You just have to start small um, mm -hmm. and, and develop it. So yeah, that's certainly a piece. I've tried everything. I vary everything. Um, you know, um, currently I'm, I'm doing, I'm like into a big Pilates thing, but like, I love lifting weights. Um, Brooke's got her exercise um, routine that um, she loves, but yeah, it's definitely, you have have to move your body every day and not just for your physiology, but for your mental health. Like, honestly, mm -hmm. I would swear by that. Mm -hmm. Well, and I would add something just since we're on this topic real quickly, um, that I have seen a big 
change for me as the older I get is exercise. Even if you've exercised all your life, it starts to look different because particularly for women, as our hormones start to shift, there is a thing that is real that's called overtraining and it's not good mm -hmm. for your health. Love so it. we think like we've got to get into the gym and do all this and run all the miles and lift all the weights. And that can actually do you a very big disservice mm -hmm. um, because with this, you know, balance between our estrogen and our adrenal glands and our cortisol and everything that's going on, if you're constantly stressing your body out outside of the gym, and then you're under too much stress in the gym, and your cortisol is going through the roof, it's going to wreak havoc on your entire endocrine system. So I think there's a shift that starts to happen. At least it's happened for me that, you know, when Lynn and I were in our 30s, we were running half marathons together mm -hmm. and having a ball mm -hmm. together. And she started then after that doing like really heavy weightlifting and not not to say that weightlifting isn't good because it's important for muscle and mass bone density as we age but it starts to shift a little bit like I do way more body resistant type stuff mm -hmm. um mat work than I ever did before and it's work and I would say that I'm in better shape now than I've ever been oh yeah you are definitely like hitting on a topic close to home mm -hmm. um so how do I know like that because I'm so afraid to give up that cardio yeah. like so, <laughs> like I'm uh, because you know, I don't want to get fat I don't want to gain weight losing weight is so hard yeah. oh my god it is so hard in your 30s and I hear it just gets worse and worse and worse and so it's like I don't want to take my foot off the gas pedal because I don't want to make a mistake and be like okay I'm going to try walking and Pilates for the summer and I'm not going to break a sweat yeah. Um, but oops, there went a summer and I gained 15 pounds because yeah. I wasn't like getting those miles in. So like, what are some of those yellow flags and red flags that a woman should look for where it's like, yeah, girl. Cause I mean, menopause yeah. can start really early, right? It like, can, it can, and you, it can take you by surprise. So that's something that we talked about. There's a lot of like surprising symptoms, like menopause is more than just hot flashes, um, there's a lot of weird things that come from menopause, like, well, gosh, like dizziness, um, you know, extreme introversion. Like you can, I'm an introverted person, but like there's times where I'm at certain parts of my cycle where I'm like, I don't want to see anybody. I just want to stay inside. And that's a symptom of menopause. Um, I think red back to your question though, red flags with the overtraining, you know, we're, we're pretty good at listening to our bodies, but the first thing you need to do is track your cycle. And we just, um, both of us had read fast, like a girl by Dr. Mindy Plen. She's a Cairo in California and she's functional, but that has been revolutionary, uh, for us because there are times during your cycle, just based on your estrogen peaks and progesterone peaks and how that's opposite where you shouldn't be doing hard workouts you should be more, you know, going inward and doing walking or, you know, mat work, Pilates. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so timing that, and then I, and I just think you have to get a little bit wiser about varying it up. So I love cardio too. And there's just days where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get on the treadmill and go at like a steep incline. I'm just going to go for it. And then there's other days where I'm like, I'm not feeling this. So I'm going to go down and just do some, Pilates. And I think the older you get, that seems to come. And the more you listen to your body, obviously that seems to come more clear. Um, but you definitely need all of it. You need to do all of it and don't do just like, if I guess I, my advice would be like, if you love CrossFit, that's great. 
but don't do CrossFit like five, six times a week, you mm -hmm. know, bury that in with some other types of challenges that your body needs and will really respond well to, um, especially at our age. Brooke, did you have anything to add on that? Yeah, I think, well, I would say like, and I can give you just some personal history with what I went through, but for sure, I mean, perimenopause and hormone shift can start as early as 37, sometimes earlier than that little things that we miss, just like a shift in how long our cycle is can even be an onset shorter? of hormone changing. Yeah. Shorter, shorter or longer, longer. or <laughs> heavier or lighter or whatever mm -hmm. it is. For me, I started having like crazy anxiety, heart palpitations, like horrible, like my end of my thirties into my early forties was, I was like, it was a disaster. And come to find out a lot of that was because my hormones were so just out of whack. And I was, I, I genetically, my, my mother and grandmother both went into um, menopause very early. So I was starting to shift and I didn't realize it. And then what I was doing was like, I would wake up absolutely exhausted. And I was the person like, but I'm going to feel better if I just push it in the gym and I got to keep my weight down. And I got to this, I got to that. And I was running myself like ragged. And, you know, I think that is a big sign. Number one, look for changes. And I would say if you're on the later side of your thirties, you might really want to start to think of changing up the exercise game and not always at least pushing yourself daily so hard. And then really do listen to your body. Like if you're having a day where you're exhausted, the answer is probably not to, if I just push through it, I'm going to feel better on the other side. The answer might be like, I need a rest day because rest days are just as important as the on days. And then on top of that, if you're starting to notice, which is very common, like some abdominal gain or abdominal weight that is you're getting more of it, or if it's not coming down or whatever it is, it might be time to start downshifting the exercise a little bit. Because what we see is that women who are overtraining have a harder time keeping weight off or they're getting weight, particularly in the abdominum or places that they don't want it. And very often it is not only hormone shifts, but a function of doing too much and too hard of training mm -hmm. all the time. So yeah. I feel like where I really struggle is in the, this is very feminine energy, right? So like, not like because you're a female, um, but like <laughs> listening to your body, slowing down to get further, like- all of this is like, I trust that you're not full of shit because this is not the first <laughs> time I've heard it, right? Like there are very rich people and science and research and like Kate Northrup and like there are books and like, this is not the first time I've heard this, but the masculine energy in me is like, that's weak. Like yeah, men men don't have to like slow down, you know, like, so it's hard because it's like, you know, yeah. that idea of like, no, don't take a day off because you're feeling sluggish. Like, you know, you're going to feel better if you just push through it and get that workout in. And sometimes I do. And then sometimes I don't. And, you know, and so it's like, when trying to figure out, it's just this like back and forth between when do I listen to that masculine energy that is like no, no 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 yes you do want to sit on the couch and read that book that yeah. you're into all day but you're going to get up you're going to work out you're going to shower you're going to go to your office you're going to hold a bomb ass team meeting and then you know like you got to get the kids there and then like when do I'm like no I need to rest and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna experiment with water today <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> 
<laughs> That's so funny. I'm going to go back to the cycle piece of that though, that because this stuff, this work just blew my mind recently. And there's a part of your cycle called the manifestation cycle, which is right after, like right before you ovulate. I'm sorry, right after you ovulate. And um, it's the time of, of your cycle where you can like, it's almost a little bit like horse go when she describes it. Cause it's like, this is when you want to take on all the hard meetings and have emotional conversations and do the hard workouts. And um, so I think, I think more than we realize or more than I realized uh, so much of that is tied to these cycles that we're in as a female and that our hormone hormones do play this very, very important role in even just our emotional health and our, you know, responsiveness to exercise and, just how red, like how we're feeling capable of taking on those stresses. Yeah. I love that. And and by the way, too, one, one quick point before we move on, like a rest day might be not you sitting on the, you know, feeling good about yourself and reading a book with a cup of tea. That could just be like, you take it down a notch or you go for a long walk instead of like really hitting it hard in the gym. And on top of that, if you're getting to the end of your workout and you are not you should get, in my opinion, to the end of the workout and feel good and energized and energized for your day. If you're getting to your end of your workout and you are wiped out and you are wiped out the rest of the day, girl, you're hitting it too hard. Like it's too mm-hmm. much for your body. And powering through that is not benefiting yeah, you sir. or your hormones yeah. in any okay. way. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So we talked about purpose and meaningful stuff long enough. Um, one. <laughs> Let's get to the so like, were you always good at like washing your face? Like when, how did no. beauty, when did you start taking <laughs> your beauty aging, the whole like aging thing more seriously? And what did you start adding in? Because I am like literally weeks away from calling to get my first Botox. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> this little bit right here. <laughs> First so, of all, hold on, hold on. Before you say a word, preface this with Lynn is the absolute worst to ask that question because the girl doesn't wash her face. And her so face good. is absolutely you and I beautiful. Can make a club and it's so annoying. <laughs> okay, everybody's got their thing genetically. That is, I don't have other stuff. I do not have the hand coordination. <laughs> I, I, but I do, I did get some good skin from my mom. But listen, I mean, it's just, it's a matter of fact that like you have to take care of your skin. So the thing is, I think I like to think that I didn't do maybe some of the stuff I was supposed to do, but I also didn't do all the other stuff. My mom gave some really good advice. It's like, and I see my daughter getting wrapped into all these different products and like, leave it all off your face. You need very minimal stuff. Use some olive oil, use some coconut oil to like wash your makeup off. Um, I try to use little to no soap ever. Um, I use a face cloth that is like kind of like harsh and I just use water to wipe off my makeup and then some oil. So I think that, you know, there's, there's definitely a time and place for all like the fancy stuff that we have that's out there right now, but then you've got to balance that with like, you know, really old school stuff that we know, you know, that helps your skin long, long term. You're saying coconut oil? That's how you're aging? I love coconut oil. I love olive oil. I love oil-based products. <laughs> All right. Well, you're not going to get me to not do Botox by putting coconut oil on. All right, Brooke, what do you got? <laughs> this, this is the beautiful part about our our business and our friendship is we're both so different. And that, that 
I cannot like coconut oil. I've tried that. Forget it. That does not it. I know. And I'm not putting you down at all Lynn, because you are gorgeous and it works so well for you. For me, it just doesn't cut it. Um, so I've got to do more, but I'm very focused on like natural things that I can do. I really watch like labels of my products and ingredients. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do have like products that I love and I have like routines that I do every day, but beyond that, um, I like, and Lynn, Lynn is actually the one that got me on this. So she could speak to it too, but like, there's some really great laser therapy that you can do for your yes. face. Okay. Yes. It's there's, not all natural. <laughs> yeah. There's really great, um, like what kind of lasers. Yeah. yeah. So, go ahead, Brooke. Uh, no, go ahead. You can. Go I ahead. like, um, oh shoot. You're putting me on the spot to remember the name, but, um, IPL. I, IPLs. Thank you. <laughs> um, those are just technically they were around for rosacea. So they'll like zap any, um, and, and you know, many of us have lasers in our office. We, we use cold lasers or conia lasers. We have K lasers and I just think they're amazing, right? Red light therapy and laser therapy in general. So it's the same thing applied to your face. Um, mm -hmm. and they just, they really, you know, if you have any redness or like blood vessels under like near the skin, they're going to get rid of that and just make your complexion a little bit smoother. I like a IPLs. There's also fractional lasers that are a little bit harsher and I've done those. And to be honest, they're so much more expensive and the like downtime is longer. And I didn't feel like I got the same benefit. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I haven't gone kind of gone back and, and redone those. Brooke, what else? Yeah, there's PRP for your face, right? Yes. So the um yeah. the uh plasma rich yeah. protein. So they'll oh, take the vampire yeah, so, facial. Yeah, yeah so we okay. both have that. <laughs> <laughs> so again, I don't you don't know this probably, but I live in a town of nine thousand people and that's rounding up. So like <laughs> so I'm like I don't have like these wow. natural med spas mm. locally. And so I was looking for something, oh, like hormone pellet therapy. Cause I was like, maybe I need to do that. And then, oh, okay. We can come back to that. Cause you, Lynn, <laughs> don't do that. Um, and I came across vampire facials and I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah. yeah so they take, so they'll, they, they will draw blood and then they centrifuge <laughs> it. Yes. So okay. it's your yeah. own bud. They centrifuge it so that the plasma comes to the top with all the good, healthy growth factors, right? And the things that will stimulate healthy tissue and mm -hmm. collagen. Um, and then you can do one of two things. You can just put that on your face. But typically what happens is they'll do microneedling where it's like a little, um, it's just like this big, a yep. wand that's got teeny tiny mm -hmm. needles on the end of it. And they'll be um, opening up your skin. And at the same time, they put the PRP so that it goes in and they call it a vampire facial because you get, there's some blood that comes from the, yeah. <laughs> and you're putting um, your own blood back on your face. And then you're putting well. it back yeah. on your face. It's so just like, um, is, it, is, creating, is it red? It can be. Yeah. It depends on how aggressive they are with the microneedling. Oh my God. Um, I've had it okay. where it's very like, minimal. I promise I'm going to sign up for a vampire sometime <laughs> in the next six months and I will like put this on stories. It's so like anything with health. It's like you create a little bit of stress and it just, you're enhancing your body's own abilities to just, you know, make collagen and repair. Um, so, so that's, those are my business. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Like how I, often, 
how often are we doing this? So if you go, typically they'll tell you like a th- three months of like once a month. And then after that maintenance, you might go once every couple months or twice a year. I will say, and you can also, by the way, with the more aggressive lasers, like some of the lasers will like take almost a whole layer off yeah. of your skin, right? And you've got to stay out of the sun and you've got several down days. So you can kind of choose the intensity that you want, but they will numb you. You can put numbing cream beforehand. I, my personal experience is I prefer the laser way over the, I, I was not Agree. just for me, super impressed with the vampire facial. I, I like the um, laser more and I do a laser that I don't need even to have the numbing cream. There's just something for me that doesn't feel right about removing a layer of skin off of my, like, you, I just yeah, feel like you're a purist, the kinder you I are to your face, you. I, I am a purist. Um, but yeah, I feel like I've gotten good results. I mean, some of this stuff you see on, nobody's going to see us, I guess, but you can see like, and I've talked to my esthetician. She's like, Brooke, unless you get injections, like she's kind and calls it, what does she call it, Lynn? Expression lines, <laughs> whatever. But like, but I, but I'm okay with that. Like for me, I just don't. And, and let's circle back around real quick to the friendship thing. Like, by the way, we talk about this so much in our community. We're all going to choose to age differently. Mm-hmm. And like, and that's fine. It should be about what's beautiful to you, not what the world tells you is beautiful yes. or what another woman tells you are beautiful. And if, if I choose to say age naturally, but somebody else is going to choose to do Botox or whatever is good for them. Like, don't, let's not judge each other. We should be old enough to be past all that BS, you know? Um, I, I love that. And we, we are good testaments to that because we do have some different differing opinions on it. Um, but I also think we need to challenge each other to really make sure that it is inner beauty that we're after. In other words, like, is this what makes you feel better? Mm-hmm. Don't do it because it's an ideal or something you're seeing on TV, like really get in check with your reasons, I guess. Um, yeah. And so I think it's healthy to do that as well, just because then we call each other to being a more authentic version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So talk to me about life after kids. Where can people get more of you guys, your program? Talk to me. Yes. So Brooke, um, Lauren, just to ask where they can find out more information about life after kids, um, all of our handles and our program. Yeah. So that, so we're on Instagram at, at life dot after kids. We're on, um, Facebook and TikTok at, at doctors, Brooke and Lynn. And then the best way making TikToks. Oh, oh yes. Every day for oh, almost 300 years. We're <laughs> having some years, fun on days. TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then if you want to learn more about what we're doing, we have the Life After Kids program. We've got a vlog. We've got our blog. We've got a podcast that's getting ready to come out. I would say go to our website, www.lifeafterkids.com, and links to everything is there on the homepage. So is the program like a certain number of weeks? How, like, what is the program like? It's a downloadable digital program okay. that it's like six modules, three taught by me, three taught by Dr. Lynn. They are cover purpose, um, resilience or emotional health and physical health and vitality. Um, and you can do it at your pace, you know? And one thing I wanted to say is obviously we're qualified to speak about the health piece because of our background. Brooke's done a ton of um, postgraduate applied clinical nutrition work. Um, but for the, to speak to the purpose piece, um, 
we're both certified uh, certified enneagram coaches. So, and I've been a certified strengths finder coach for a lot What's of years. What's your enneagram? So, uh, what do you think? Oh, okay, that's guesses? a good question. I do. <laughs> uh, Brooke, I bet you're a seven in the like one two ish area. That's me. I'm one. One with the two wings. Yeah. You're a one. Okay. So yeah. Brooke, what are you? I'm six, seven wing. Six. Sixes are so hard for me to identify. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just not the flashy. They're like not like, you know, <laughs> three, two, threes, ones, sevens, eights. They're so fives. Like, they all yes. yeah, they all have their but own like nines mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I would say sixes are the hardest one for I never guess six until I really know someone. So we just went on a vacation with someone and she like had the itinerary. She (laughs) sent me the packing list and we were on the campfire talking about the Enneagram as I always end up bringing it back to. Oh, I love that. We should have been talking about this. Oh my God. I, well, there was so many times where I was like, I wonder if they know their Enneagrams. Usually it's how I start the podcast. Like, okay, what's your Enneagram? Yeah. So we, we, that's a part of our piece about like knowing yourself because you know, with the strengths finders as well, that's, and we use some other tools, um, constructs, but I mean, there are things that you can know about yourself deeper by taking these tools. And so you don't have to, they don't, won't put you in a box necessarily. Cause I think that's what some people are afraid of. Get all like, they get up in there. No, it's about finding out who you are and letting yourself out of a box. Right. Because this is how you cope with stress. So whereas strength finders is literally how you're hardwired, like what is your brain wired to do from a very, very early age? And then Enneagram is all about how you cope um, and with stress, right? So, oh my God, so cool. I can't they work we, hand in hand. can't believe we weren't talking about the Enneagram for the last So hour. what are you? Did you tell us? Are you seven? I'm a three. I'm a three. three. Oh yeah. Um, I have to, I have to like assure myself probably three or four times a year that I'm like, I'm not sure I'm not a seven. Um, <laughs> so there's two reasons. I'm very confident. I'm a three. I used to think wing four. I actually think I have a strong, a much stronger wing two than I thought. Mm. Um, because people's opinions yep. just like, ugh. so yeah. the one I am totally here for the hard feelings. Whereas like sevens, like they're just like, oh, let's just keep it light and airy. And yep. I love going into the vulnerability. Like I love vulnerability. Maybe um, you have a four wing too. Like I think I definitely, I yeah, I definitely, and I have like I'm working on a tattoo sleeve. So oh, like obviously yeah. I'm got- <laughs> 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 like right. I used to think I was a three wing four. Now I'm like, ah, uh, I think when I might you, when you get deep into Enneagram too, there's some triads. Um, like, uh, I think it's horn, horn, horny, horvian. <laughs> I can't say the word horvian triads. Uh, anyway, we'll send you over the notes about that because it, you can be more than one number. It's really, yeah. Cool. yeah. Because yeah. And then, um, the seeking validation, like the sevens just tend to like be there for the fun and don't necessarily feel the need for external validation and like Excel external validation is basically what fuels my life. Yeah. Strength finder significance. Number one. Okay. Oh, oh boy. Wow. Yeah. 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 Yes. So it's, it's a real thing. <laughs> 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 
Love it. Oh, ladies, this was fun. Well, we'll just, oh, shit. We just opened up a whole can of worms. We could have talked for another hour. So thank you so much. We'll make sure we have those links below. Um, and I'll for sure start following you on Instagram and stuff so I can see your, do you have reels too, or just TikToks? We yeah. have reels. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. You are a pleasure. Yeah. Pleasure to speak with. All right, she slayers. Until next week. Bye. Hey, she slayers. Are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast, and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.